We should have been there. We should have been there. Instead of who? Morocco. Oh, fair. First leg, we packed him. We should have done. We should have done what we should have done. But second leg, uh, the fufu, the kwanga, the the. <laughs> They got to them, man. They got hungry. What do you want me to do? Hey, listen, as an Algerian, yeah, the less talk, the better from me, man. You, you know. Hey, don't worry, man. A lot of us are sitting at home. Daniel's sitting at home, man. We're all there, man. We're hey, neutrals. I'm active. We're neutrals. Don't worry, man. Zero goals, zero points. You'll be Say with less. us. You'll be with us yeah. after every game. We're when there experience anyway. It's when going to oh. get packed. When going to get You've Ooh. been to like four World Cups, bro. How much more experience do you need, man? Come on now. Oh, just vibes, man. Yo. Amsterdam and I'm building up nice. That's Van der Sar and Ten Hag. Aye. I might just shot this beef for 10 bags. Real talk on my life. I couldn't give a fuck about them, man. And all my guys are ballers. Coming like we're playing for Simrap. Fake use, get rid of them. Me and the gang was doing our plans last year. Yo, people. Welcome back to another episode of Ballers Corner. You're here with your host, Karel. I'm joined by... Jeff and Oni, um, my brother's at Baller's Corner, and we've got two special guests, friends of the show. I'm not even going to call them special guests, friends of the show, Omar and Daniel. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, we're good, man. Really good. Excited for the World Cup coming up. I know a lot of people aren't, but I'm definitely one of them that's really excited for it. So, yeah, feeling good. Not going to really- I'm really excited for the World Cup. I don't know where this, like, yeah, maybe there isn't much media hype, but yeah. So basically, this is just a continuation of the podcast that we brought to you before. A couple of months ago, uh, we were talking down your ears and basically telling you, giving you a list of players, managers, and clubs that we thought would impress and therefore should uh, have your attention for the first half of the season. With this now first half of the season coming to a close, with the World Cup supposed being be next week, um, we just wanted to go back and give you the same European roundup, but this time on the perspective of who did impress, who didn't impress, and who's still worthy of your attention for the second half of the season. Um, Omar rejoins us for this. Um, he gave us quite a good understanding of league, the, the Portuguese league and La Liga as well. And we've actually had to get bring Daniel on because Daniel can actually tell us even more about the leagues that we're going to talk about. So I think to get us started, we should start home, start from home, I guess. Uh, talk about the Premier League. Not my favourite division, as you guys yeah, on the list is probably yeah, known now. But, <laughs> you know, homes with a heart. Forget you mafia. From and go from there. Go on. That's really reverse xenophobic. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but, um... I, just, I, I just don't. Like, it's funny because I support a Premier League team, but I just, like, apart from United, I don't have time for anyone else, man. So you guys got to take it away. Tell us, who's impressed? Who's impressed you guys this half of the season? I feel like... Well, I wanna... Oh, go on. Go on. I want to start off here um, with something a little bit different. So I know we're talking about teams that have done well, players that have done well, managers that have done well. But I also think we should shout out a club who have made what I think is a good decision. Um, And I'm sure this will be cause for debate. But I'm actually impressed that Leicester didn't sack Brendan Rodgers. I think we all kind of assumed that, you know, they're in the bottom three, it's going horribly for them. They've got players on big wages, international players. He's probably going to go. They sort of let him ride it out and, you know, they're kind of moving up the table. And I just thought it's kind of nice to see because, you know, if a manager's in that situation, it's like you're basically coming to the end of the road. You know, you're going to leave soon in most cases. But they seem to actually stick by him and 
you know, seem to be reaping the rewards a little bit. I think it's good to see, though, that um, managers are being repaid, like, for what they've done previously. Yeah. Like you said, with Rogers, you know, he won them the FA Cup, the Community Shield, and uh, a little bit of bad form, which, to be fair, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's not even on him. It's actually on the board for selling Schmeichel and not buying a backup keeper. Um, it's good that they kept the faith, even not just them, West Ham as well with David Moyes. You know, he's under a lot of pressure, but mm. because of his kind of good form that he had with them, they're kind of sticking by him and, you know, more power to, to both of them. I think even in general, the Premier League and maybe Tony, this might be one of the reasons why you don't like the Premier League, but the power it's generating now with managers, especially where it, they can attract so many people. It's so easy for them to sack a manager and bring someone in. I mean, I know I'm coming with a lot of examples, but like Aston Villa, I mean, as someone who watches La Liga, seeing Emery go from Villarreal to Aston Villa, I'm thinking, I'm oh, this be, is this is this is CV suicide. I'm not gonna lie to you, <laughs> yeah. but no, man, it's all right, man. It'll be good. It'll yeah, be good. it's all right, man. Okay. I understand his personal, like personal reasons. I understand because you're probably gonna get more money at a mid-table club. I mean, to be fair, Villarreal are mid-table, and you're also not only put money for yourself, but like money to spend on the team as well. You're probably gonna get a bigger budget essentially so i understand those reasons but i'm not gonna lie to you his bread and butter is spanish football like we've seen it with yeah, valencia yeah. with sevilla with villarreal hold on Carol. he's won four europa leagues right or is it five something like that three, something, three or four yeah, yeah something stupid something incredible and then he goes to this you know the one person i have to i have to bring forward to this is on the flip side who he's actually just recently gone now is ralph Hasselhoff. um Whatever your opinion, I, we guess can't give a proper laid out opinion because none of neither of us are Southampton fans. But he's another one when just kind of be like, where is he going to go next? Because he, like I said, was a top top achiever. He doubled from I think he took English stat from like amateur football to a respectable place in the in the German divisions. Took over Leipzig, got them to second, I believe, and then became Southampton manager. And then now because he's been sacked from a team that I think are 19th in the league. You're looking at it like, this is a manager that should be, you know, managing Europa League, maybe even lower end Champions League teams. But he's just been sacked from a team that have constantly fought relegation year in, year out in the Premier League. That's something that's stained. And that's why when Emery did go to Aston Villa, maybe Omar did feel the same pain as me, but I was just kind of, it's the same Roberto De Zerbi. De Zerbi is like, if, if Allegri got sacked today, He'd be the next. I guarantee you'd have been the next person to take over at Juventus, but he's at Brighton. So stuff like that really irks me. But I, I think you can't, and I don't think you can look at it like that. And I think there's a danger of looking at it like as as straightforward as um, guys leaving their leagues or the leagues where they know they're comfortable in and they're able to develop and do well, and then take over mid-table Premier League teams because. As much as I don't believe the narrative where, you know, people say that, oh, yeah, anyone can beat anyone in the Premier League. That actually happens in a lot of other leagues as well, where anyone could beat anyone. It's just that things don't get followed as much and we're not as familiar. So people just make statements like that. But where the Premier League obviously has the investment, has the money, um, projects are being funded right now. And we're in an age where managers are seeing that Premier League teams are believing in projects and are seeing how managers can adapt to certain situations. The only manager that's the managers that have been sacked are the ones that have thrown their players under the bus or have no credit to 
um, basically hold on to. The managers mm-hmm. that are on board are the ones that are have committed to their players, have said that they they believe in the project, uh, da di da di da. That's why there's kind of the feeling, the tension that if Tottenham continue to slip up, Conte will be sacked because there's no there's no affinity there. There's nothing for them to hold on to really. It's just we brought in Conte to win a trophy, but he hasn't really built us to build the trust. The Rogers. Okay, you oh, say just, just for me to interject, projects, it might sound a bit contentious if we say this, but projects are actually quite of a foreign thing because oh, obviously yeah. other leagues don't have the same glamour and the same, you know, cash to inject into a club as other foreign leagues do. They they rely heavily on projects. You had Freiburg in Germany that, I, f- I forget his name all the time, but manages there, he's now the longest standing manager in Germany, been at the club for 10 years, took them from the second division all the way to the Europa League, Europa League and Conference League in the last two seasons. Union Berlin's manager has been there for five years. He's taken them from the second division to top of the table of the Bundesliga. And you've also seen it in France with Lars, who uh, Pat- uh, Heiser, I forget his first name, I think it's Patrick. He's taken them from the second division of France to the second in League One at the moment. So this is where, just to perpetuate my frustration, is you had Deserbi who did the same thing at Sassuolo, made Sassuolo a, a recognisable force in the second division, uh, in Serie A, sorry, from taking them from the second division, mm. giving them talents like, working up and developing talents like Rasadori, Skamaka, who's now at West Ham, Locatelli, who's now at Juventus, goes to Shatterdonesk and then goes to Brighton. I understand that, you know, he will get the chance to build a project at Brighton, but to go from Sassuolo mid-table, Shatterdonesk Champions League, lower end mid-table Premier League it's kind of a knock and another reason why it also annoys me is because people now have this tendency where they look around like when Tuchel got sacked from Chelsea a lot of people looked around and thought wow there's no quality managers anymore it's yeah. because the quality managers who are actually are quality don't be aren't recognized as quality because they had a bad stint at a Premier League club or and that's ruined their reputation or I don't know on the flip oh, side of that, Tony, that though, is... oh, go, on, go, on, go, on, go through, go through. Oh, no, I was going to say, on the flip side of that, well, I mean, I'm just thinking back to the Borussia Mönchengladbach manager, Daniel Fark. He was obviously yep. up and down with, with Norwich. You would assume that would have a, a quote-unquote stain on his CV, but he's managed to bag a, an upgrade after being yep. sacked from, from Norwich. So Hasenhutl can easily go back to Germany or whatever division. And I think he can still... I mean, I'm not saying that you, you're saying that he can't, but as in, I still feel like he's still got a good chance, despite, I mean, well, my opinion, he, he, he should have been, he, he should have been sacked after that second line. No, I'm so sorry, in it, but. Hey, but Fair like, enough. It, it's, it's the whole thing of rep, football, reputation of football is massive. So if Hassan Hüttel now goes to uh, Hoffenheim, as an example, and he gets Hoffenheim to back-to-back Champions League's fourth place finishes in that division, um, and then an opening at Chelsea opens up, will you trust him to be the Chelsea manager after a student at Southampton? That's what I'm talking about. No, but they would. But the difference, and I guess it will t- tie into what I was going to say before I spoke, is in England, especially, I want to say, they they look at a manager purely on trophies and success in it. So, or if they've been at another big club, rarely will it be seen that oh, a manager who hasn't won much or hasn't done much of anything like um, silverware-wise deserves a chance at a bigger club? It's just that simple. So when it comes to Hasselhutl, the fact that he's only been, I guess, Southampton manager and then gone to Hoffenheim or wherever you said, 
looking coming back to the Premier League, he's not going to get. No one's looking at him and going to go. Ah, like we see what he can do. It's more like what has he done and what can he bring to this table. Hence, the pushback on someone like I guess the jury's still out, but on someone like Potter, for example, he could have done as well as you wanted him to do for that Brighton side, but there's still those reservations and people will say, I can't have him. He's only managed at this club. But I don't think that's, that is necessarily, because obviously, again, obviously when you guys go through, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if I don't think Hassan Hill's stock has taken a hit at all. I think the Southampton job, obviously there were times where, yeah, you felt like he maybe could have got sacked, but I felt like with the squad that he had and the investment that he was given year in, year out, he did uh, a commendable job. I'm not saying he was excellent. I'm not saying it was out of this world. But did a commendable job with very, very good performances where you saw his ideas. It's just he struggled to maintain them and whatnot. And for the one reason or another, I mean, like I've heard like a lot of players say that they don't really like his training style and da da da. But I wouldn't say the player sold out either. I just felt his time came. But his stock hasn't taken a hit, and he definitely can find a, 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 another spot where he can build. Build, build himself back up again and possibly do better things which get him um, the attraction that he needs. Like, I, I look at, what's it called, teams right now and the managers that they're looking for. We're in a state where it's not an obvious choice for teams when they sack a manager and they need a manager to come in. I mean, we're looking at, um, who is it that's looking at Nathan Jones, Luton manager? Um, was it Wolves? That was Southampton. Southampton, Southampton, yeah. Southampton yeah. 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 Southampton are even looking at Luton, Luton's manager, and I, I'm just saying, like, fam, going back to the projects thing that I was trying to um, build upon, like, projects, people are seeing it and saying, this is the way forward. We need to put our funding, our resources, and our backing into one person and believe that this guy is going to, um, through years of investment, through years of um, putting trust and faith and building relationships, this is going to be our guy going forward. And whether or not you like the guy or not, because that's the situation I find myself in with my club. Whether you like the guy or not, you just have to believe what they're saying and say you know it's about sustainability but, now, isn't it? You know yeah. one thing, man? The crazy thing on House of Duty, though, uh, sorry, Jeff, is I, I don't know what the the plan was and why he got sacked in it. Because if you look at, yes, you can easily say they're 18th, but they're also three points away from being 12th. And since he's been there, their league positions, 16th, 11th, 15th, 15th, and they currently sit in 18th. Do you get what I'm saying? So, and I, I, and this summer, the moves that were made, and you could even go back to last year, don't suggest that the expectation was to climb the table. Like the money they spent on players this summer were City players, young City players, who they've bought off City, who haven't really played first team football. So, I, like I'm with Daniel. I don't think his stock can really take a hit on this one because when you look at the context, the thing about stock, it's just like like Omar highlighted the nine nils is what's going to be uh, on his name. Anyway, we digress. This is the the, the, the the sacking is disappointing, um, but I guess Southampton do. They're the businessmen. They they have a better outlook in their teams, and I guess if the, if they do get the looted manager. Is for a particular reason. Um, so, Rogers being kept on is something that you liked, Jeff. Um, yeah. Any other standout players? I know Tony started the season. Ivan Tony started the season very well. Uh, goals dried up a little bit, but is there anyone else that this season from the Premier League that 
you guys have just been like, wow. I think you have to shout out the backline of Newcastle because oh, when you sort of read, read it on mind, paper, yes. yeah, hundreds, when you read it on paper and you're seeing Trippier, Fabian Shah, um, Botman. Botman and Dan Byrne, like it's not the most beautiful backline you're going to hear, do you know what I mean? But they've conceded the least goals in the Premier League this season. They're in the Champions League places and you know people like Almiron gonna get the shine obviously say Maximum when he's fit gonna get the shine Bruno is like the main man in midfield but that back line has done a fantastic it's a defense, job it, it's surprising as well because Eddie Howe was famous for having a leaky defense at Bournemouth he was conceding like 50 goals a season and like everyone said yes yeah, Bournemouth but at the time he made them like an established Premier League team where they, they were in the division for five years, right? So mm. considering that despite them being constant, like, I won't even say survivors, they were never really in danger of relegation up until their last season under the Eddie Um, They still had a very league defence of 50 goals a season. I remember seeing it for that. So to now go in Newcastle and have the opposite, I think that is worth shouting out, to be fair. Yeah. Also, not. shout out Eddie Howe as well because I'll be honest, I was and I'll hold my hands up. I was actually one of his biggest doubters. Like, I remember a few years ago, people saying, "Oh, he should have the England job," and I was like, oh, "This guy's not ready for it, man." Like, I think he's okay, but I don't think he was ready for that big step up. And fair play to him, he's literally transformed Newcastle. So, I told this go to him as well. I, I think... still believe he's a placeholder, though. Like similar to Mark Hughes at City, like he'll do well, but. Eventually, I guess I'm still he'll being a doubter in a way. I think, yeah, he'll get them to that stable, nice, comfy position. Maybe Europa League places, Champions League for a push, but they'll be able to attract the next guy when they get yeah, to those yeah, levels, sure. and then he'll he'll be out. Definitely, though. But th- there's two sides to it. Just a very quick point to that. I feel like Eddie Howe again when it comes to the projects and whatnot. He's a young and up-and-coming manager, and I would make the argument that Mark Hughes was not even an argument. I mean, Mark Hughes was on his way out after um, after the Man City job. Um, and Eddie Howe still has a bit more to him, but definitely, definitely, like, Newcastle's project doesn't end with Eddie Howe. Like, they're looking for the glamorous guy to be the face and all of that. Yeah. We understand that. But I think with the defence thing, I think it's easy and... Obviously, the Premier League is easy to point us out to because everyone is watching the Premier League and everyone knows who's playing well. And obviously, I think as much as the defence deserves massive shout-outs, bro, you don't you don't get better if your attack doesn't get better. And Miguel, Miguel and we know that much much we better. Like, whether you think it's form, whether you think it's purple patch, he's become a better player, and he's shown that in in this run of form in this in this um, purple patch. And I like the way he's now not afraid of attacking his man and shooting. If you see the, the catalogue of goals he's scoring, that's the that's my only Beautiful. worry that, it's, mm. that it might be like form, do you know what I mean? Because the catalogue is actually scary. Like It's not even like he's um, making, like it's good movement and then he's tapping it in. Bro, he's scoring. You know when you've just got, a, 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 like the foot is just, you can't miss right it's now. Like, hot hand, hot you know, foot. Literally the hot hand. Like So you just have to keep giving it to him and, yeah, man, he's he's doing his thing, man. And look, so Maximum, obviously, a lot of guys um, in the chat that we're in together love so Maximum, but he's not going to get back into the team if, if, if Miguel Amaron is still playing this way. And if there's this balance and consistency that Eddie Howe's obviously seeing on his team right now and mm-hmm. been saying, bro, 
And when you get nine, ten players that you can predict every single week, when they're fit, they're playing, bro, you're, you're going in the right direction as a manager. 100%. Are we, are we, giving, are we giving Arsenal their plaudits? 100%. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, deserve uh, it. I think but, you know how much people are on this pod? Ah, bro, we give them so many flowers. They can <laughs> fucking start their own garden, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out um, Fulham, man. I'm not going to mm. lie to you. Uh, honestly, looking at them at the start of the season, obviously we knew they had Mitro, but are coming off a mad season. But we've seen what he's, you know, what he's like in the Prem and what Fulham have been like in the Prem. And they've surprised me at this. And not like they've been world beaters, you know, they're sitting in mid-table, but Marco Silva's doing a good job. You know, he's making... I didn't think William even had anything left in him. <laughs> I'm seeing something. I didn't think Pereira was a footballer. He showed me something. But, yeah, it's just that stability, man. I like to see um, teams that are doubted come and just, you know what I mean, put their foot down. Obviously, we're only like 13 games in. The wheels could fall off, but so far, I would like to stake a bet and say that they're probably well, going to be Marco Silver, Marco Silver is a good manager. And I can say this because from you guys that know me, Watford is a club that I follow near and dear only because they're actually my, now that I live in London, they're actually my local team. <laughs> so when Marcus Silva was at Watford, um, the way that he, for that first half of the season before everything came and completely distracted him, Watford were a cohesive, structured team. Like, they had a style, they had an identity, and they had a way of, of playing and, and counter-attacking. And the way he got Richarlison playing in his first season kind of showed that Marcus Silva was actually quite... He knew what he was doing as a manager. So, um, Fulham doing well, for me personally... I don't think it go well at Everton, but Fulham doing well personally for me isn't it a surprise. I think I think Marcus Silva is a manager that definitely, definitely people need to start taking more seriously or even pay more attention to. I don't think he's going to be like a world world beater, but he's definitely a good mid table European League pushing side manager. Do you, do you guys think that Fulham will finally get rid of this yo yo club tag that, yeah. that they've been handed basically? Mm. I, I think for now, because uh, if not. For how good they are this season, definitely because there's teams worse than them this season. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. And there's... that's what it comes down to sometimes. Like And um well, and the, there's one name that he doesn't really need much of an introduction in terms of how he's impressed. And that's Alan Harlan, really. I mean <laughs> like yeah, fuck you. You score goals, great. Let's move it's on. Crazy. <laughs> it's very boring, though. Just, just boring, like, bro. It's so crazy. Score goals, man. Shut up. will lock him up and he's not going to be able to do this and that and, like, look at what he's doing. For hey, you know what, I'm, Jeff? I'm going to run the, I'm going to run the Lewandowski agenda on him. <laughs> score in a big game challenge. Score in a big game challenge. That's what he we're scored. He scored a hat. He scored a hat trick against United. <laughs> what yeah, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Wait till he bucks up tomorrow. Game. Stop saying this, man. Buck Liverpool, man. Buck Real Madrid. These teams. I need to see goals against them, please. That's a challenge. I have to give you a new challenge, bro. The guy's almost got. What's he scored? Twenty goals. Nineteen goals. Bro, eighteen in the Prem. Already 18. twenty in all comps. So, like you have to do with. You know, with players that are superseding expectations, you have to give them new challenges, isn't it, bro? It's no, too easy. Just... Do, you, do you know why I'm not hearing it, Karel? Because fam, like, <laughs> like many, and obviously I know you're. It's like a hint of banner as well, but yeah, like, yeah. like many, like like many people, fam. 
we thought he could potentially struggle or take a bit yeah. like to maybe start up and maybe like if we saw the goals coming, it wouldn't come like instantly. And don't forget, like if this guy was not banging, the agendas that people would be running would be nuts. As in crazy. Bro, he's you, getting a Nunes treatment. Even, let me not even talk on Nunes because I'm not going to lie. He's, he's not <laughs> is doing okay. Hey, he's crap. He's, okay. he's crap. Nah, he's, oh, he's, he's shocking. Bro. He's a, nah, he's not a good Save it. Bro, save I feel it, like, save it, save it. No, it's not save, save it, bro. This is roundup, bro. This is roundup. <laughs> nah, keep, keep going. Bro, this guy is a six foot plus Werner, bro. Don't let uh, anyone tell you different. I'm beat. No, 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 no. Listen, this guy is scoring goals, yeah? Like, I know. He- a couple headers that like, he scored. But for the the small good that he does, the amount of bad that he does in matches, no, bro, true. That's outrageous. That's true. It's actually... So, and that's why I say it's the Werner... Because Werner, the idea of him and what he can bring to the game, I'm even hearing him say the same lines that Chelsea fans used to say about when the movement, he's in the right places, he's doing it. But if you're not producing... No, but that's a difference. Oh, a no, but problem. I feel like, look, yeah, I was, I'm actually a fan of, of Darwin. Obviously, I've watched him for, for Benfica, but I can still acknowledge that, yeah, he's still very raw. Like, he needs a lot more polishing. But the difference with Werner and, and Darwin, like you just mentioned, is output, bro. At least Darwin is producing something at the end of it. Werner would give you nothing, bro. Output and mentality, because Darwin will shoot a million times and feel no way and just keep going. Werner's going to start passing it up and like start moving shy in front of goal. But Darwin's just got that like sort of relentless nature and determination to him where... You're not, you're not is, it is it aesthetics? Is it aesthetics? Is it because he just well, he for me, awkward when he plays? He looks like he looks so... He looks like um, he looks like he started playing football last year. But... You know what it is, yeah? I, honestly, since I saw that video of him doing stepovers in the new camp, I've not been able to respect his technical <laughs> ability. However... I've just got a fi- Do you know what it is? Compared to Haaland, I know that they were the two big, like, signings this um, summer, especially in the forward area. Like, well, Anthony as well, but those two are strikers. It's, it's the, you can see the difference between a man that's been scoring goals for years and a man that had a mad season last season. Do you get what I mean? Like, I feel like, I, I feel like Haaland just, Okay, yes, he's got KDB, fair enough, right? But it's he just knows where to be to score goals in any kind of manner. Darwin, it's like he's still working it out. And outside of that, everything just doesn't look good. No, so, I'll give you that for sure. I think if you watched Haaland come on um, in the City game versus Fulham, you know, like he scored out of nothing. It was given as offside, fair enough, but it's like, he needs one chance. Darwin needs a few. Haaland's been doing this and, like, it's scary, man. It's scary. I know he said stuff like, ah, oh, he's going to, you know, try different leagues and he's not going to be at City forever and stuff like that. But for however long he is here, is long. And for however long he's under Pep, is even worse. Yeah. It's scary for the league. I'm just going to run through some shout-outs quickly of footballers that I also think like, need to get more recognition. Rodri, for example, at Man City, he's been, he's been phenomenal this season. I see mm. you, bro. I see you, bro. Um, also, Kaikedo from Brighton. Yeah. Um, uh, McAllister is shout as well, man. My boy yeah, McAllister as well. You can get a shout as well. Um, I'm not overly impressed with Anthony, but I'm 
happy with what he's done so far. He's in the sense that I had no idea what he was going to bring when he first came. And so I was a little bit sceptic. And I thought the price tag maybe might be a bit too heavy on him. But he's come in and he's just done his thing and he's doing all right. So um, not there My yet, brother. but you know what? Seven out six, six point five, seven out of ten, and that's all right for me because everyone else is like. You should keep doing the spins as well, man. Yeah, keep doing them spins. Like he did that at Sanford, and I was in your way. No, I'm not there. Not there, though. Not there. But everywhere else, yeah. Shout out, um, my boy Wobi, man. Wobi, yeah, Wobi, and Onana. Onana's, he's, he's, yeah. I watched them last season. I was telling people, oh no, I watched them last season. At Lil and I knew it was a good signing for Everton, mm-hmm. but he's just take he's taking like Dr. War. What a guy. So Tony, there's another name as well, which I know Spit's opinion in this within us that's on this um pod right now, is a certain Man United right back. Um oh, who goes by Diogo Dallo. Dallo. Oh, boy, man. I, 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 I thought I thought I thought man was gonna say Rashford, I was gonna lock up the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll give him props to Dallo, man. This season so far, I think we can admit that he's been he's been good, I would say. Nothing I wouldn't say spectacular, he's, but he's not been shit. I think there's definitely been a lot of improvement. And I feel like he deserves a lot of his flowers, which he's slowly starting to get. And the exciting thing about Dallo is you can you can with every game he plays right, you can see small glimpses of what a good player he could potentially turn out to be. Like for against um against West Ham, for me personally, what a performance he he himself after having years and years of fans saying he can't defend one v ones, he's not good at tracking back, all that piece of shit, prevented a, a Mikel Antonio hat trick. So, and that's by himself. So. And obviously, he's now taken that right-hand flank by his own. His link-up play with Adsdi is very, very well. And he's the one footballer that's played, him and Lissandra, obviously, that have played every minute this season. So, what a player. Just what, and you know what? I'm just going to say, just small thing. I was in the trenches in 2019. Just going to say, Jeff knows, Corona knows, 2019, I was in the trenches. Yeah, you've been glurping, man. I was no, there with you, me. man. I was there with you. No, that look, bro, he's been impressive, man. I think the most impressive performance for me was definitely Leicester. Um, the way that he, he shot shut down Harvey Barnes and I think it's definitely because I always knew he could attack like there was a he could attack like it was there yeah just defensively what what, like sometimes he was a bit brain dead and whatnot um and nah he's definitely improved and there's visual improvements even against Aston Villa I know there were some situations but like he still showed in a number of 1v1 duels and whatnot that he's able to hold his own so and obviously I was one of his biggest like critics so Bro, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I want players to improve and change my mind. Like, do you know what I mean? So let's yeah. let's let's take it season by season, and we'll see if he's really what Mourinho says he is. And obviously, I back my guy. So, and and just one more shout out to Unai Emery. Come back to England to defeat Manchester United <laughs> one more time. <laughs> All right, okay, so on the flip side, guys, um, who's been disappointing for you so far? I want to Chelsea. start with one. He's going to go for the whole squad, yeah? That's everyone. <laughs> Do you say have I, 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 Let's keep it. Let's keep it civil now. Right? We're going to hey, try no, no, wait, wait, wait. bite Tony, size. We're going to Tony, bite size. Tony, for this point, yeah, if we're going to touch on Chelsea, you just have to give like a... Just give every man a little segment. That's what I mean. A little, bite uh, size. One minute, 60 seconds. Go yeah, on. Bite bite. Size. I, look, I'm not, I'm not ripping anyone, but in terms of this disappointing, definitely haven't because I, I, the, the expectation I set for this season was for him to, t- to take a step where I could see consistency. Mm. And that just hasn't happened, where 
if I was to say the habits that we bought and the habits that we have now, what has he clearly improved and what has he clearly worked on? I couldn't tell you, if I'm being very honest. Um, and just to build on that, Daniel, sorry, just to build on that yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was going to say basically just on that because it's so easy and, and I would even say quite lazy for people to say, oh, but the club hasn't played him right and this and other. But when are we going to start putting responsibility on the player as well for not yeah. stepping up? Because I would even hold my hands up and say, you know what, during that purple patch that he had in the second half of last season, I even said, I w- you know what, I wouldn't be mad if he starts the season at Chelsea as a starting striker. And lo and behold, he's kind of disappointed me, obviously. I know that he's got that whole um, sort of stats behind him about he's like a second half of the season type of player. But I thought, you know what, let's give him an opportunity. And That's we have done. Man. But the thing is, we have given him, or I shouldn't say we, but you know what I mean? As in like, I'm trying to speak as a neutral here. But like Chelsea have given him an opportunity and he just hasn't taken it. And there's only so much opportunity you can keep giving to someone. and they don't kind of step up to the plate and that's where you've got to put responsibility on the player as well and for him I'm a little bit disappointed in him but I'm not fully disappointed because my expectation wasn't really high in the first place but I was just like optimistic about him but yeah man he's he hasn't been good so far um, for me oh, go on. I, it's not someone who's like a surefire starter but I think this is a chance to stake your claim and show that you're serious in it so it's Loftus Cheek I mean, Kante's out, Jorginho's got these contract issues, Kovacic needs surgery. So in and out Can a squad player disappoint you? Yeah, with inconsistency. Uh, like Because there's some games... Well, he's starting a lot of games to be called a squad player these days. Yeah, he, you look at him and you think, some games, he's actually good, like, rah, this, there's a player there, and I know he's 26, 27, but you can still think that. Then other games... But, it's like he's hiding, he's not comfortable, he's he's not yet able to stake that claim. So it's like, but I'm sure he does want to be a squad player forever. Do you know what I mean? Nah, but he is no, though. He's still no, a squad player you, because and and Omar, just before you go, please, because I really want to say this, bro. Oh, every time I go on podcast and I talk about football, I think the easiest comparison and something that is easy for people to listen to is that I compare um, roles and job titles in football to. Um, everyday life, our jobs, the, the the work that we have. Bro, if you're asked to do something, it's not your um, expertise, but you're able to do it. But then after a long period of time, you start doing it more and more. But that's not what you, that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be the person that fills in on occasion and is able to come in, not someone that's mm. supposed to start at this level, especially because fam, at, at the end of the day, he can play every single game this season. He's never going to be the starting midfielder for no 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 but i don't think that's my requirement of him it's just even now like i I saw fred earlier today and they were talking about who should you know be sold who we should keep even now with this whole midfield situation like what has he done to show that yeah you can be the the backup midfielder he's just kind of existing like and inconsistent and i think even to stake a claim and for us to be able to say yeah we can trust you for these 20 games a season when player x is out and player y is out he still hasn't convinced do you know what i mean for me anyway in a way yeah, it's kind of scary that you play like that when you've had a run of games so then to go back to a slot where you might play once every two three games or start once every five games or something like that 
it doesn't bode well. But for me, uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. Disappointments. Um, the first ones. I know he's been injured, but the way he's played when he's been on the pitch in the few games that he has is, is upset me. Is Mateo Kovacic? I feel like he came he came back from injury and decided that he's playing against phantoms and he can run through human bo- human bodies and. Yeah, I've just yeah, I just I've been a little bit disappointed, but I'm gonna cut him some slack just because not really. He's carrying an injury. Yeah, he's carrying injuries. Not really, but it's just like it's IQ. Sometimes injuries don't account for IQ. Physical ability, maybe if you can't carry the ball the same, fair enough. But some of the decision making is wayward. Um, and in a way, even though he started off our best defender, um. I want to say Thiago Silva to a degree, just because some of the errors he's making as of late are just very sloppy and not things you'd attribute with Thiago Silva. Other than that, I can't really be disappointed because genuinely, I don't have high expectations of 90% of the team. Like the guys I've mentioned are the guys that I respect what they can do and what they do do and they haven't like lived up to it um but yeah that's me on chelsea to be honest uh <clears throat> i think even oh. aside from chelsea like not to just fixate on them but i think shout outs have to go to also trent and salah as well i think they've been oh, quite disappointing um especially given i know people have been kind of getting at trent's defensibilities for god knows how long but I mean, to see him sort of, I would even say lose this much motivation in such a short space of time, you can see like it's affecting him. And that's why Joe Gomez had to step in as well. And even Salah as well. I mean, that whole, you know, your last kind of big contract um, always seems to take a toll on players. And he's not the first and obviously won't be the last. But he obviously seems like, I don't know if it's comfortability where he thinks, you know, I can kind of take my foot off the pedal now, like I've achieved what I've achieved. But even him has, has honestly been disappointing. Like, at the start of the season, I mean, shout out to my boy Luis Diaz, in it? But he was, in my opinion, outshining Salah nearly every single game. And, like, that's almost unheard of. But you wouldn't think, especially looking at last season, how Salah's season kind of panned out, it sounds almost like crazy. How can, you know, Salah not, in one good performance in like a space of 10 13 games, I'm personally, whatever, so. it. I'm personally enjoying it, and I hope Liverpool fall back to their beat just to be <laughs> may, the, uh, may the struggle continue. One, I want to add one quick anecdote is the team that I've been actually most disappointed with is Leeds. Um, I think Jesse Marsh, in my opinion, was a risky appointment, but it kind of made sense because you know the trans transitioning from Bielsa to, to Marsh and how the two play, I thought. <clears throat> the transfer window that Leeds had was actually quite complementary to Marsh's style and I was expecting big things from both Tyler Adams and Mark Roker. Roker's been quite okay. I've not heard much noise or seen much of Tyler Adams of recent anyway. So their current position of where they are compared to the team that they have and what Leeds want to be as well, that's been quite disappointing. But one team I'm finally like, I kind of feel like a vindication is Wolves. Wow, I have wow. never, ever been convinced by Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm sorry if any Wolves fans listen to me right now, but even back when you had uh, Duno, um, what's his? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit as your manager. 
Um, I've never been convinced that you've been a good that you, they they've been a good side, and I don't know necessarily what actually went wrong with Laish, but um, you know, for me, this is this is this is the truth appearing, man. I think the players that Wolves sign as well are just just all of the most of them are just like, oh yeah, these guys were good five years ago, so they're good now. Like Concarno Guedes, for anyone that's followed the league, especially like that guy was gonna be a dud from day one and it's happened so fact, 40 million on a, on a 17 year old and i don't know where he is right now oh is that Anderlecht? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the only ones that i can say were generally like oh my god signings in my personal opinion uh was mateus nunez and yeah, at yeah. the time at the time rube patricio everyone else was kind of like mm, well it makes sense that they're here so Maybe I'm biased as well, but even eight Nori also had so much potential. Like mm. I was expecting kind of big things from him. Oh, I keep um, telling you guys, this guy is a dud. He's not good. <laughs> eight Nori is not good. I'm telling people, he's not. He's not what he's been made out to be. I'm so sorry, Omar. Like, so no, but I still had well, expectations you, for like I, I, I thought you know, he's got that, potential. If you saw eight Nori at Angers, you, you no, are, I did. Oh, you're right for to think this guy has a future. I think I think it's um the same thing though like I see in um oh what's his name um uh, Malagosto hmm. really? yeah bro I'm I'm being serious where it's like these guys have like do you actually see Aonori as a fullback going forward as in someone who's going to command his place I don't know what you think his ceiling is but let's say mid table Premier League side where he's starting week in week out do you see that for him Genuinely, yeah. Hey, if Emerson yeah. can do it, I think Aiden Nori can do it in it. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Emerson, Emerson's, Emerson's doing it by spending a lot of money on his training to even be. No, no, no not Emerson Royale. Emerson Palmieri. Oh, no, Palmieri. Emerson Palmieri is a is a decent footballer. He's just like this is what I mean about reputation, uh, man. Yeah, you get uh, uh, lies about no, you get you no, get footballers that are obviously out. not good enough for a certain team, and then they get ripped apart and get written off for every team. Emerson Palmieri was great at Leon last year, so no, but he doesn't have to start week in week out anyway. Like he's not stable. No, but the thing is right. This is but this is the thing. Okay, cool. We're talking about a player, Emerson Palmieri, or you can even use Nuno Tavares. You can use whoever. Some players are just good for certain leagues, in it or certain styles of football, right? Yeah. But if we're talking about a player in a Premier League context, it's okay to trust them if they're not good at a certain level in in this league. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not to say they're a bad footballer overall. It's like no one's ever going to talk bad on Diego Forlan and his career just because he didn't do well at United or didn't have the best time at United. It just didn't suit him. It didn't go well for him there. But he he bagged everywhere else he went. Emerson Palmieri, Nuno Tavares, uh, Nori, all these guys, their ceiling could be bottom half um, Premier League team. But change the football, change the style, they could be playing Champions League football. True. But if we, we need to talk about them in the context that they're in and understand that. If we call a player bad, obviously he's still good in relation to most players that play the game. But in the context, in the context of the league that we're talking about, these ones are not good footballers. And Carol, and I agree with you. Like I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, but I, I just feel like this this is even like a, a transparent thing. Like it, what you said, it, it goes without saying though, because there are a lot of football players where even to this day, like I even see TikToks on it, like, bro, there are footballers out there 
where I believe they are actually good players, but they just didn't have the career that they should have, or they're just not given the props that they deserve, or they're not rated to the level that maybe other people I might rate them. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is when we are put into an unbiased situation and we can assess things, bro, some guys are good and some guys aren't. Do you know what I mean? And mm. fair enough with Ayanuri, bro, he's a youngster. I'm making a prediction. I'm not saying he can't get good. He can definitely prove me wrong and become one of the world's best fullbacks. But based off of what I've seen, based off of mm. what I know I've seen of him as well, I'm just not the biggest fan. You know um and one guy I want to piggyback on the back of that. It's not a disappointment because I've never rated him, but I'm glad he got a big move and he's playing the way he's playing. And that is Richarlison. Oh. What? Oh, I like Jack Grealish. I thought you were going to say Jack Grealish. Nah, nah, nah. What's everyone's Richarlison? I like Richarlison because I saw, him, I saw him at Watford and I saw something. like Whatever you saw then doesn't exist in 2022. No. If he was in... And I'm not even want to be that if he was English guy, but if he was English, bro, I, there's there's a much chance he'd be playing Prem as he would be playing Ryman for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious, like that's that that's there's nothing about him that screams top six, like or top champion, like Champions League player. That's hard, isn't it? And he's a raw nine. But Charles's problem is he's playing wide play positions. You saw at Everton when. He stepped up when Carver. Well, not not last season. Um, there was a there was a period where Carver was injured, and Richarlison was playing as as a sole nine, and he stepped up and he he took over the mantle while Carver Lewin was gone. Richarlison at Watford, especially uh, under Marcus Silva, it was it was even close in regards to. And that's not even like this is a Watford that actually had commendable players. They had De La Feu, they had Roberto Pereira. He was standing out. He was standing out, and I think the problem people don't like him is because of his personality. He's a, he's he's nah, he's a bulldog. He kind of reminds me of Carlos Tevez, and like the guy will just run at you. He'll run into you in an attempt yeah, to get the ball back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, is he playing his best football? No, far from it. But is there a good footballer there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he Ballon d'Or worthy? No. But is he someone that can play for a very good side? When I say very good side, I mean like. Champions League fill squads. You know how Tottenham are in the Champions League, but never really expected to win it. You can yeah. play for teams like that. Then, but yeah. the, the mad thing is, he's accumulated what is it, over a hundred million transfers already, bro. That is the demand on him is high for what? No, but I'm saying the problem. demand is high on him for someone that doesn't move the needle for me, bro. Like he doesn't. Yeah. As in, I if you want to buy Richarlison right now, they're saying they're quoting you sixty mil min, like minimum. Kind of crazy. And I'm not. I'm not an accountant. I'm sure there's a player there, 100%. I'm convinced yeah. there's a player. All right, Je- Jeff, wait, hold on a second. Why did you want to get onto Jack Grealish? Or was it... Was no, it wasn't me. It wasn't no, me. no, no, it's not even that I wanted to get onto him. I just thought you were going to say Jack Grealish. Oh, 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 oh. I do think yeah, he's been disappointing, though. Yeah. I saw a thread, actually, earlier that was quite interesting that said it's probably, as much as like people you'd like to use the excuse, but it's a not just confidence issue, but like imposter syndrome, in it, where they were analysing like even his interviews and stuff and he talks about City players like they're world beaters but then talks about himself like he's not on their level in it and it probably shows in his play because if you think about like I know he was at Aston Villa and the ball ran through him but he was allowed to do what he wanted to do and express himself and I feel like he's come to City and tried too hard to be a City player rather than be what they bought him and then that we can really true. see what to judge I mean, him on. 
I can't imagine what that jump is from being a Villa player to a City player anyway. Uh, this City player anyway, that must be a colossal. Bro, bro Delph did. Delph was a Delph was a promising eight, and he became a left back, bro. That's, <laughs> that's what City can do to you. Look at my boy John Stones, bro. He had to fight years for his respect. You know, Daniel still doesn't respect him, but he's had nah, to fight years that. for his respect. Oh, man, <laughs> we're gonna switch. We're gonna switch divisions now, guys. Thank you for your roundup for the Premier League. Uh, we're gonna go to a league that's near and dear to my heart. Believe it or not, the vi- the division I actually watch the most is League A. But um, I kind of got the man them onto the Italian League a couple of years ago, and I've been stuck with uh, with the nicknames ever since. Serie A uh, this season, oh boy! Uh, <laughs> well, let's go. Those that have been, I know, I know. There's a couple here. Probably Carrell hasn't been probably paying attention to it, but this is what we're here for. We're here to let you know about what's nah, going on. Nah, I've seen bits and bobs, man. Bits and bobs. I've been there, man. This season is probably the. I'm kind of happy because, you know, I've always said to people, people that I've spoken to, people that may have listened to this, I've always said Napoli, for the last five, six years, are Serie's best team. They should have won the league in 18-19. They should have won the league in 17-18. And really and truly, they should have won the league last season. But for... You can't say that, you know. Why can't I say that? Because... To be the, like, you know, it's it, uh, it's going to take us back to the league and Champions League debate that we had last time. But you cannot be the best team and have no nothing to show for it. No, no, no. As in, like, as a, as a collection of as a squad, they've had the, they best, have the best squad or oh, best player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not you they the performed oh. as the best team. They had the best collection of of of, of players. When you look at Sari's Napoli team of of 2016, the late end end of 2016, all the way to his departure in 2018. When did he? Yeah, 2018. That team were phenomenal. <laughs> there, there was no that start eleven had no faults. Really intrigued. Maybe Mario Wee at left back. Maybe Mario at left back. But apart from that, even Gulam when he, before he just lost he lost the world to live was <laughs> arguably one of the best left backs in Europe. He was unbelievable. So you have then, like, for people that are watching, you couldn't quite understand why they could never get over the line. Last season, again, best squad. Inter had a change of manager. People didn't really know what was going on with Inzaghi and what he was going to incorporate. Was he just going to continue Conte's blueprint? Fair enough. And the way the season started, Napoli, same as this year, broke out um, and looked like, yeah, this might be their season because no one actually expected Milan to win it. Inter had had dropped a little some paces, and the Juventus were going through the transition period. So, for me, this season is only surprising for Napoli to be top, only because of the personnel they've lost. Last season felt like the Swanson, um, you know, uh, Mertens had left. Um, Insignia, that was his last chance, and he was doing everything. He was playing out of his skin, man. He was doing everything he can to bring him home to, Na- to Naples. Didn't work out, um, and then Koulibaly left as well. Um, as well as some other players like Manalas and that, you know. So everyone was like, oh, this was the last time for them to do it. If they don't do it now, it's never. And they went and they, they played the money ball and brought in some players that people didn't really were familiar with the season before. And those guys have taken off so differently. And on top of that... I was even well, going to say, sorry, Tom, I was even going to say, like, shout out their recruitment team and their scouting department. 100%. Because, I mean, I know we're obviously going to touch on... Um, Kvartish Skelia, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, but also the South Korean defender that um, they were from Fenerbahce. Yeah, Kim, like... Kim Min-jae, bro. Exactly. 
for me, and it's not even just that, like, yeah, shout out to the scouting department, but I don't know what's going on in the coaching team as well, because some of the players that have now come back into the setup are performing out of their skin. No, for me, there we are. Sensation. Because he was a bit part player before as well, but he's come in and he's been fantastic. Like, he looks like he's been there for years playing at this level and just like seamless. And his midfield partners, you know, um, Tony, we spoke about I mean, you look at the talk around him after that Fulham stint and, you know, he didn't achieve this, he didn't achieve that. He, again, looks like a fantastic player and is like, we kind of all saw that in him. He wasn't able, maybe able to um, show it at Fulham, but now, like, he's showing it on the big yep. stage. And then you've got Alex Murray as well. Murray, he was the next promising goalkeeper for Italy. Um after Donnarumma's ascension, he was supposed to be the next one up to challenge Donnarumma for the number one uh, Italian jersey. And uh, 18-19, he didn't have the best of seasons. His confidence dropped. He fell to an all-time low. The game against Inter Milan, particularly where he made three errors in one game, <laughs> two of them to Lukaku goals, you know, and then he, was never, he wasn't seen again. He was dropped for Ospina. He's now come back and he's now growing again in terms of his confidence. He's now showing that he's he is a competent goalkeeper and why, you know, uh, people were so excited for him when he broke through at Udinese. Um, so, yeah, there's time to get into the names like 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 Omar already mentioned. Correct, Kovacskilia, 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 Kovacskilia. No, that's how you say it. Um, I always, I always, <laughs> I always struggle with that, name. Just call him Kovaradon. Let me, <laughs> let me be honest. And wonder kids. You know you're doing well when your when your car gets stolen and the mafia returns it within 24 <laughs> hours. They're saying we don't want to trouble you, but I won't lie yet. Uh, Scalia, Maradona, whatever you want to call him, brother. Had you know, I signed him on FM last on last FM, so and he played well for me. I'm gonna be honest with you guys here at Ballers Corner. What's going on here, bro? Let me be honest with you guys. I'm gonna be honest, they don't watch a single highlight. Didn't know who, like, bro, you know when you just sign a play, you just, ah, yeah, he's good, but cool, so are other players. And to, to be fair, to see him, I think I heard Sari wanted him as well, didn't they? But they didn't want to fork out the money. But, like, for him to just sneak to Napoli and be the player that he is already, um, just big up him, man. Like, the things I'm seeing, the aggression, it's like old school. That old school winger with a new school touch, man. He's just getting at people and he's just doing things. And that's how I like my players. So big up him. There's not, there's not too much for me to say on him because I know everyone else is going to wax lyrical on him. But, but uh, we, won't, we won't talk about him too much. But because obviously everyone knows now, he's he surely become a household name in the last couple of months. It's just that we had a, we had a very intense exchange with, uh, well, behind closed doors, with Jeff because Jeff's boy, Raphael, he won the MVP last season. Um, has kind of been upstaged this year by Kavara. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Jeff invites the comparisons very much, but no, I will no, go out no. on a limb here. I will go out on a limb here and say what I've seen so far of Kavara, this guy has to make it. He just has to no, make it. He has, he has, he has I, the recipe. I've liked him from early. Again, this was a FM find that I sort of started watching highlights of in real life and, you know, kind of following and obviously with his name you, you can't miss him he stands out a lot my thing with the comparisons was like 
when when has the what sample size are we using if it's the beginning of the season then can we not say stuff about Almiron being this and that so I just didn't want to you know start comparing players too early but I think we no. can all see he's going to be a fantastic player and he Leal, probably is better than Leao right now if you if you want to take it there the thing about Leao is right Leao's been at Milan three four seasons and for the 75 percent of that time he was dog shit when he played up front with Ibrahimovic in the 4-4-2, uh, which was Pioli's first tactic that he when he first took over AC Milan, yeah, he was terrible. He was he, there was just no synergy between the two. Ibra was scoring all the goals, and he was just like a headless chicken, just doing runs and pressing players, doing all the hard yards for Ibra to to get into goal. When they switched to a 4-3-3, yeah, which is maybe two months into last season. He blew up. He he just he. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he started eating um, a dembele or something. God knows something just took off and he started slapping. So if you want to sit there and say we can't judge Kavara because he's only been here for you know in total what would have been thirteen games, then really the sample size for Leao actually isn't that big in comparison because his hype skyrocketed after his form last season, which saw him get the MVP, of course. And Kavara's on that same trajectory. So why are we why are we uh, downplaying one and uplifting the other? I think where, where I just want to quickly come in, obviously I'm not involved in this this debate, but I think it is interesting and it's definitely a comparison um, where I hear it. Um, one thing you do have to remember is, and it is, it is an argument, whether or not you're going to agree with it, Tony, it is an argument that I... I stand strongly by him. Look, Leao's still young. He's only a year older than Kavara. Uh, Leao. So Leao's a year older than Kavara. He's two years, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's one. I swear Kavara's good. Leao's 24. Kavara's just about to turn 22. Oh, I think Leao's 23 still. But I'll, I'll check that. I'll check that. Yeah, he's 23. Don't listen to Tony, man. He's 23. <laughs> but no, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, two years, one year. Yeah, two years. But. I think what you have to remember with Leao as well is that, look, he's still a very, very young player. And obviously, I understand that Kavara is young too and he's doing it now and he's doing it at a younger age. But again, I mean, I can't come on Boiler's Corner and not say the motto. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yes, on them. And I just think when you look at Leao and Kavara, yes, Kavara is currently having the better season. But I just think with the MVP and with the stock that Leao built himself last year, with the title as well, what they're doing this season, like where Kavara has blown up now, Leao's not having, like, Leao's playing well. Like, he's doing well this season as well. He's just not, like, do you know what I mean? You know, now that they're saying they're quoting like 120 million for him, I wouldn't say that he is, like, obviously, you're going to have to pay for his potential and what he could potentially be. But, like, I wouldn't say the gap that Kavara has put on Leao this season is so far gone that I would personally say that Kavara is better. If you're judging who you think will be better based on their potential, yeah, that's a totally different argument. And I'm not yeah. really going to even argue that because that's based on what a man sees. And I, ca I can't, I'm not going to change your mind on that. But in terms of, for the sake of this debate, in terms of who is better currently, I do think that Kavara, yes, although he started the season better, and he's having a better season right now. I just don't think the gap in which the seasons that they're having is so much that we can just nah, ignore. The gap, gap, 
spent isn't massive. They're very yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason why I, I when I was speaking to Jeff and I said, you know what? Because I remember the first time we had the conversation, it was Arsenal group chat, and they're like, who's better? I couldn't give you an answer. I was like, you know what? They're both good. But then Kavara just started doing things in games. One massive instance with the Champions League against Liverpool, where he just and he just made a mockery of Trent. Like, say what you want about Trent's defending, but like this guy, this guy toyed with him, man. And if you and then I started like just paying more attention to Napoli games, bro. If you saw, listen, if you saw what he even did to Atlanta, it's like this guy, the way he he has this, you know, even has he has the hazard gene. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I've never wanted to say this because I'm, I'm afraid of I'll jinx my, but he has that Eden hazard gene of like the way he effort, effortlessly just glides past his marker is something that really needs to be paid more attention to he doesn't break a sweat 1v1 with Kovara I'll bet on him every time because what he's shown so far is that that's his bread and butter let me get 1v1 with you I'll beat you and then I'll take it down the line and I'll cut it back or I'll cut inside and make you guess where I'm going next and his left foot and his right foot both look proficient and um yeah, I just—it's just—it's an explosion. I, I don't even think it's form because no one—I don't know—like consistently he's involved in every game and consistently he's given the same output. Not just goals and assists, but you know dribbles, take-ons in every single game. So if you're telling me this is this is a hot streak or good form, I don't believe you. I generally believe this is this guy's ability. And you know if he's 21. I'm not saying football's if professional was not linear, but I still think he's not showing us his best form. Um, Therefore, what? and and if my fair opinion, he I I really think he's going to win MVP this year anyway. So that that conversation of MVP will be will be equal at the end of the season. So it's all about to be honest. Like I, I feel like with those here, someone who's like a neutral and probably doesn't watch them as much as everyone else. I think it's stylistically what you like in either player that will swing it for you. Like even though. I guess you'll get the same result at the end with goals and assists and they'll do it their own way. It's just what you want to see on the pitch. Like, how you want your winger to move, how you want your winger to carry the ball, that and might they, just they swing are, it they are, they are quite similar in that sense. Like, they're both quite direct. They both will take on their men. Leao is... Uh, yeah, but Leao like, can't have Leal's the hazard gene like, being six foot plus, bro. Second, sorry? I said Leao can't have the hazard gene being six foot plus. You know no, I mean? he can't. But one thing that Leao is... No, but Tavares really as well. Tavares is six foot as well. Kavara is, yeah, but I'm trying to say is like Leao in terms of his directness. Like I think one thing that's really underrated about Leao is the, his, his, his centre of gravity. The guy can still turn regardless of his size. Yeah. Um, you've seen him, you saw him at, at Stamford Bridge, the way he weaved in and out of, of James, like that, he can do that, he can bring them. And in terms of like goals, Leao is a better finisher than Kavara, so he is going to be more of a potent finisher, someone that contributes more to the goal side. But in regards to them, they both are similar in regards to the both direct and they will both take the team forward. They both pick up the ball on the halfway line and they will drive down the wing and bring the team forward. But um, in that, I don't know, I don't have to explain it. In the, I think what separates them for me is, is, this, is, is that explosion. You know, wingers where they can create half a yard for themselves. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's, it's that small industry for me where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to swing with Kavara. But it's no, it's not to a disservice to Leao. Leao's clearly, he's improved massively from what he signed from Milan. If you ask me in 2020, 20, what do you think is going to happen to Leao? Like, 
this guy's gonna be in Braga in five years' time. <laughs> he's turned. He's proved me wrong. He's he's turned it around. So I'm happy for him, really. Yeah. On this, I also want to shout out um, Lookman. You know, we're on Serie talking about. Yeah, I'm happy. You know, man. Lookman's done well for himself. I'm happy um, for him. I'm happy for him. He was a slave at Everton and. I'm so happy he's gone. You know what? It's not even like he's another one where like it's not even a thing of he's scoring. He's scoring important goals. He's running through. He's got his mojo back. He's got such exactly. um, he's got such energy and such just will to to get on the end of goals. And he's really made that spot his own. Like he's not a winger no more. He's playing as as part of a strike force, little and large. Divan's power. It's good stuff, man. And I hope he's. I hope he does. He he um if he if he does get traction from a Premier League team, I hope he ignores it and stays in, in Italy and tries to, you know, develop his craft and hopefully gets that next level. But yeah, no, I, I also wanted to kind of, just because we were still on the topic, I think you have to shout out Spalletti so much, man. Because, yeah, like, yeah. like with someone who has had a lot of doubters and a lot of question marks um, on his career and whether or not he can still be um, a modern coach, because I see a lot of, even when he got hired, there was some some question marks and whatnot, because I, I always like to, for some reason, I just sometimes like to look at um, consensus um, from what the fan base is saying. Yes, Twitter isn't the best tool, but it is the easiest place to see a big group of fans like for one club. And the consensus yeah. wasn't like, yes, Spalletti is the guy for us. But from when you just had the two, so like, I feel like Spalletti um, has, from the time when he was like in his heyday, I would say, like when he was managing Roma, like this guy's a serious coach. Like you have to remember this guy's a big boy coach. Do you know what I mean? And he's done his thing and he's done his yards in this game. And now he's almost, I wouldn't even say he's reinvented himself because if you see the way that Napoli are playing, I think what he's just done is he's been less um, discipl disciplinarian and more, he's given a lot of players a lot of freedom to, to mm. express themselves. And I think that's, really unlocked a new level in his coaching. Do you know so, what's funny about <laughs> Syria? The three managers, the top three now, I believe, is Napoli, AC Milan, At Atalanta, right? Yeah. The three managers that managed those teams all managed Inter and failed. So yeah. Gasparini had yeah. Inter in like eighth, ninth and tenth. Um, Spalletti was there. And even though Spalletti actually uh, brought Champions League football back to Inter Milan, it just wasn't enough um, for yeah. What we're looking for and obviously pioli who just crashed and burned as well so now you've got three managers that didn't do well at inter milan now going to different clubs and occupying the top three is quite of a it's quite of a storyline isn't it no <laughs> even even just talking on inter milan i mean look at inzaghi i mean tony we were having this conversation as well and i'm sure you can lead the conversation but like how downhill things have gone with him um you've been quite vocal as well in terms of like i think I, is, I don't know if it's fair to say this is your opinion, but you've not really kind of rated him highly. Whereas I know when he won the league, well, a lot of people did. But yeah. Hey, Tony, before you get to that, yeah, I just want to tell the people just a bit of homework. In it. If you don't know about Spalletti, just watch Totti in the 06 07 season and look at the monster he created that year. Yeah. Bro, didn't, didn't Spalletti win two coaches of the year finishing second both times? Yep. Which, yep. Like, obviously, I'm not trying to use accolades because I do think accolades are very, very flawed, but that just gives you an idea of how goaded the guy... Like, bro, the guy's got yards in this game. Like, 
that's what uh, I think a lot of people don't even recognize. I feel like for so a lot of guys, even when I talk football with my brother, my younger brother, he the the only Spalletti he knows is Zenit St. Petersburg's Spalletti. Like he's like, oh yeah, just guy's gone to another league. Yeah, league there. Do you know what I mean? And it's like raw. Like you actually don't know the bulk of his career, like what he was doing. Like so. Yeah. Um, it's actually good to see him like getting his flowers as well. Um, because even at one point he was just like a meme, wasn't he? Like, there was so yeah, many, memes yeah. Of, like, of you know, when, when a manager got sacked, yeah, Mr. Bellet, he's always top three, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> but the mad you know thing what I mean? is, well, even the mad thing is, like, people not respecting Spalletti's thing. Like, until Mourinho won Conference League last year, he was the last manager to win a trophy for Roma. Mm. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying two Coppa Italians in a row, which doesn't sound like much, but if you look at Roma's trophy cabinet, it means nah, a lot. Coppa Italia is, is a seriously, t- it's a t- no, no, I'm t- saying t- like seriously in Italy. I think it's just the UK culture of just not respecting domestic cups, where every other country obviously respect the domestic cups. I meant, I meant in the sense of like you know, for some clubs in it, like they'll they'll t- like they'll take a trophy in it, like they'll whatever tro- big trophy they can get their hands on, it will mean a lot. And the fact that Spurs, even like Arsenal with the FA Cups, you know, Leicester won the FA Cup, you know, uh, Betis with their um, Cup of the Ray, it means a lot. But I'm saying to think like, you think of Roma, you think big club, and you, the, the last trophies they won were under him, and the next one they won was under Mourinho. Yeah, it's a gangster. Yeah. But to segue into Omar's question about Inter Milan, I think with Inzaghi, it was. It was uh, always a downward slope for me because I've never really been convinced of him anyway. Um, was he is he a good manager? Yes. Do I respect him as a manager? Yes. Do I respect what he did with Lazio? Yes. Lazio kind of hard done by with COVID in nineteen twenty. There were front runners for the league title. Kiro, Kiro Immobile probably had the best season of his career, and obviously came back from COVID. Had to play two games, three games a week. Didn't have the squad depth, and it royally fucked them. So I'll give him his flowers for that. Um, he can orchestrate. A good, you know what? He's, he can orchestrate a good attack, but I've never been convinced of his defense. And, and that's what's the issues here, but in some line, Conte spent those two years right. Inter Milan had a massive bottler syndrome, <laughs> like it's insane. They bottled everything and anything. Like they could be one up with ten seconds to go, and you know, in those ten seconds, that they're going to lose control of the game and concede. And Conte came in, and he took him so long to iron that out. And you saw in the Europa League final in AC, was it 1920? Europa League final to Sevilla. That is exactly what I'm talking about, where Inter Milan started the game as a bright spark, as in like, they're not here to to take part, they're here to win the whole thing. And then throughout the course of the game, they just lost control of it. It slipped out the fingers and Sevilla won it, right? So Conte spent a long time ironing that out. He spent a long time formulating his back three. He spent a long time building a system, building the blueprint of what Inter Milan were going to be. And if you, he actually, something, there was an article that I read at the time where it was like, Conte wants to build another dynasty in Italy in terms of the, the next team that can win another eight, nine league titles in a row like he did at Juventus. And he finally got through to that when he won the league in his last year. Whatever happened with the board happened. Conte leaves and Zaghi comes in, and it's like you've now got a you've got a fail-proof blueprint. You have a team where nine footballers are automatic starters because they're just so good. You had a defensive trio who were the best. In the, I'm not me. I'm not being biased, but the right, um, the right, Scrinia and Bastoni are already 
if not top five, top ten centre backs in the league. So it's it's a bit of a joke. And then you come in and you dismantle the whole thing for what? Like I know you want to make it your own, but like, do what Allegri did at, at Juventus, where he took Conte's blueprint, he tweaked one or two things, and then he rode that wave. And up until where I think it was like 2015, 16, where he's like, Oof, okay, we need, we now need to make this squad my own because, you know, the forefathers have kind of gone. Barzagli's legs have gone. The, the Motta's uh, are gone. Marco Motta, this is not Tiago Motta. Um, and now I need to start making this team my own. I want to add in Tevez. I want to do, 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 I want to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'll make it my own. Inzaghi didn't even make it six months. And I was just like, what's going on here, bro? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, the defence started leaking more goals, as you can see this season. Um, the, the players' performances have dropped massively. One in particular is um, Bastoni this season. Bastoni this season, I don't think he can be asked, bro. The guy's just like, I, I, I don't know. I'm happy you mentioned him still. I'm happy. Huh? I'm happy you mentioned him still. Yeah, because listen, I I'm a big advocate for Bastoni, not because um I, I like Inter, but because he's generally someone I believe has the full package. Mm. He he attacks, he plays, he passes the ball like a midfielder, he attacks like a fullback, and he defends like a centre back. That's exactly everything that you need. And he's tall, he's six three, but he's nimble and can move around. He's perfect. Nurture him because he's going to be one of the best defenders Italy have had in the last ten years. But, I don't know. The problems with Izaki was he came in, he took too long to, to drop certain footballers. One in particular is Handanovic. Handanovic has been finished since, like, <laughs> 2020. Like, mm. that guy makes me sick. I never want to see him in the intertop ever again. Just retire. But Handanovic was still playing week in, week out, up until match day seven this year, after the loss to Roma that he was, he was responsible for, when he pushed the baller's goal into his own net. It pushed the baller's shot into his own net. And like the whole fan base is like calling for this guy to have been dropped a year and a half ago. Conte didn't want to do it at loyalty. So what's your reason? You got a nana in now, drop him. But is what it is. The defense has been destabilized. Acherby's come in and he's trying. Acherby's actually been the better defender out of the three that were there last season. Maybe because Acherby, I don't know, understands his tactics more. But it's just not working. Nothing's working. Chanogli is a waste of time. Brozovic is probably smoking for 10 fags a day. Uh, Lukaku's fitness hasn't helped, but Jekyll in 2022, wow! Like it's just Dumfries, wow! It's just, it's just, it's not working. It, as well, and drop, bro. Bottling the season, the the, the 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 title last season is unforgivable for me. I said to these guys, you should have gone after that, but now what? Now what? Now now you're scrambling for top four. Do you know what I mean it's too late? But well, it is what it is. <laughs> Even just talking about that, Tony. One thing I'm really admiring Syria for is I mean let's say Napoli do go on to, to win the league and also we had Inter Milan that won it not too long ago I mean look how easy it is for them to kind of drop down down the ladder and yeah. one thing that I admire about Syria is let's say like I said if Napoli do go on to win the league that w- will be if I'm not mistaken four different four teams different winners winning, in, the last, winning, four winning, in yeah. the last four years so yeah. the last four, oh. four winners in the last four years. and I don't think I've ever seen that in my life well, five in, and five as well. any Five and five, isn't it? Wait, you oh, went yeah, nah, my math is off, bro. Inter wow. AC, right. Napoli. Juventus, Inter AC, then we'll just hey, Napoli. Napoli. I was thinking of Napoli, I was thinking of a different team as the fourth team, and then I thought of Juve before it. My bad, my bad. Sorry about that. 
But nice one, thing, one thing I need to highlight as well that you've kind of touched on is if you drop out the top four in, in, in a Syria, it's so hard for you to get back in. Um, and I think yeah. that's what like Jose, for example, is up against. Roma are actually fourth now, I believe. Maybe fifth. I can't remember. But um, he's having a Ooh. hard time the top four because even though everyone last season, everyone last season thought the wheels of Atalanta had fallen off. And Gasparini was like, ha, you thought, now look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So even you, I thought that as well. Even I thought like, oh, that, right, that's it. Like, you know, Atlanta's sort of um, phase has has come to an end. Like, get all oh, Gasparini's time's up, and you know they're they're still right back in it. And I feel like one of the main reasons why Syria is where it is in the position it's in is because I do feel like in general a lot of the teams. So like, even if you pick the first kind of seven or or eight or so, are kind of at the same level it's just it's just yeah, a yeah. team doing having a better season or another team just doing sh- shit basically and way under expectations and that has forced like just so much kind of chop and change in the table you know like i said inter will be first last year or whatever going down to the you know last day basically of a title race to now question if they're going to get into europa conference league like that's literally the position they're in at the moment um uh, question: Is it three or four teams that go Champions League? Four, four teams. Four, yeah. Yeah. He was the he was the fourth team this year. Juventus. Ah, oh, so yeah. everyone qualified apart from Juve. No, Juventus qualified no, no. But the season before Juventus. Ju- Ju- Juventus, Napoli, and then both Milan's. No, I'm saying I'm no, saying he from the group stages. From the group stages. So I said everyone went through this year apart from Juve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Things we like to see in football, man. But that's <laughs> something else I want to see is, is a, like an Italian football team win a European trophy club wise. Anyway, I do feel like it is overdue. Like we've seen Inter Milan <laughs> oh, in 2010. It's been so long. Like hey, they, they I hear it. Too. You know that like, what happened though? But that's our age looking at it like that. You know, there's a generation of people that saw Italian dominance in Europe, bro, and they're like, they're like, they're no, kind of glad true. that it's not that anymore, bro. Like. But, but but I feel like what one thing you see when it comes to league dominance translating itself into Europe is that um, it's it builds itself over time. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like Serie A now is finally in a place where it's building itself and it's it's reinventing itself and that it's translating into like some sort of like Napoli are starting to for like bro out of every team I'm telling you now I know people are saying PSG bro. I hope they they back the chat like that I'm giving them, but you don't want to block Napoli right now. Like you just don't want to. I swear they're unbeaten in the league. They haven't lost yet. So that's yeah. that's that's one thing. Two, it's a little bit of shade and it's like in support of obviously what you lot have been like um grinding and fighting for basically in terms of how people watch the Premier League and you other leagues, bro. I, I've seen arguments that people used to complain and say, ah. Oh, Juve are the only team who win Serie A, so it's a unserious league and da 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 and add no context and blah, blah, blah. Now that you're seeing different teams battle it out, I've seen some um, Premier League watchers say, ah, oh, um, there's no stability. Different teams are winning the league into our bottle in it. AC can just go and win it, da 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 It shows how weak the league are. And it's almost like... Which one is it? Like, do you know what I mean? Is it me- yeah, meanwhile, me- meanwhile, City are monopolizing the league, like right? Bro, as right. in, no, 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 bro. I was, and you just took, you took my, my, my spot, like, bro. Under our very eyes, <laughs> we are seeing yeah. our league be abused by Pep Guardiola. As in, mm. 
like, bro, as in after Pep's first year, I know there's been there have been some years where he hasn't won it. Liverpool and no, there's only one year. There's, there's only one year. Oh, it's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one, one year. year. One. one year. No, no, one two, year two. Year. No, his first year and then the no, no, no. I, I said after, after his first year. year. Oh, after his yeah, first yeah, year. That's the only year. So yeah. It's been one, bro. So we've literally been monopolized, bro. And yeah. people are still saying we're the best league on earth. So which one is it? Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> tell me, tell bro. me. And you know what it is, yeah. You know when he doesn't win the titles, when he's he's his players go down with injuries, bro, long term injuries, and you know Liverpool take the mantle. But for me, I like the competition because I don't same. mind if the same team wins the league title every year. And but there's a title race, actually something that goes down to the bro, wire, and they beat them up. Final day, like I've always said this as well. I've always said this as well. I because I like league and uh, league, and always get disrespected. But people always say, "Yeah, PSG gonna win the league." All right, that's cool. Now predict the top the top six after PSG. If uh, you can't do that because you don't, it, it means the league's competitive. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, oh man, whether that but means just, and by competitive, whether that means they're all as good as each other or as bad as each other, it's still competition nonetheless, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I think the the bias of the uh, proximity bias of the league just desensitizes us to everything else that goes on yep. do you know what i mean and that's not just necessarily results it's even like transfer values all that sort of stuff because i remember saying we had a conversation because we're still on Serie A anyway but we was talking about you know like tomori going to ac milan for like 25 million and i was like oh that's normal that's a calm price and he's and tony was like go check how many defenders actually go for that kind of money <laughs> in that league and you'll see that that's a lot of money that they put out for a player. So it's I don't know, man. I, mean, I need to tap in with Serie A more this season. Again, I've watched here and there. I do watch the highlights and stuff, but I like it. It's refreshing. Just to round up, though, so massive shout outs to Mauricio Sari. Uh, he's got Lazio firing, and if you actually pay attention to Lazio, they're on a shoe shoestring budget. There is no money at Lazio, so he's getting them all. Uh, firing again, uh, he's getting the best out of Milikovic Savic as well too, um, which he's playing a little bit higher up in a four-three-three. So Milikovic Savic actually intertwines better now with with Immobile. It's like a four-three-three, four-two-three-one hybrid. You know what? It's it's fantastic. They're liquid. It's liquid football. If you have the opportunity to watch Lazio game at any point, uh, you will see counter-attacking football like it's fucking finest. And you'll even see Pedro. And a little renaissance at 35 years old so tap into that when if you if you can um we mentioned atlanta as well but another team that i want to mention in terms of um they've actually impressed me you didn't say andrea sotil's team uh de la Feu's there they have a portuguese striker called beto who um he's a little bit messy in terms of where he plays his first touch kind of fumbles away from him sometimes but he's always in the right place at the right time to um to score a goal and he fucking bullied into last season. So, um, 20, 25, I think, 24. So maybe not a young prospect, but still someone that I believe will be worthy of a good transfer if he keeps his goal-scoring record in the league so far. Um, they've also got Roberto Pereira there as well. And you also, Tottenham fans, if you want to you want, if you want to watch um, Udogi, Destiny Udogi, tune in because he's he's taken it by storm there as well. So, you need to say, currently eighth for the table. So there's, there's one to watch there. Teams that... 
I've, you know, kind of upset me in terms of disappointed me is, is Hellas Verona. Verona are actually normally a very, very tough team to play against. They're everyone's bogey team. You go away to Verona, you're going to draw a level. And they are rock bottom. They are stinking. One league, one win all season compared, considering some of the players they have, Ivan Illich is there. Um, oh, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's terrible. Um, Sampdori as well. Sampdoria is same as Verona, hard to play away against. Um, and, you know, I know Damsguard's left and all that now, but they're normally a much better team than this, and it's just not working out. You know what? Um, another, another team I also want to touch on to as well is, because uh, I always always see negative reviews on, on Twitter and stuff, but it's Juventus. Juventus have not had a great Champions League campaign. We understand that. But the hysteria surrounding the team is something I really don't understand. Yeah, everyone's used to them being top of the tree, but... What they're doing at the moment is they've completely revamped the squad. They've introduced youth talent and they've got yeah. a manager that was notorious in rebuilding their last project that got them to two UCL finals to build this one. So whilst other managers are getting time to refine their tactics and obviously get over the line and build the team and the vision that they look for, why does Allegri not get that same... Um, What's the word? Privilege, even though he's proved that he's he's trustworthy. They have good youth talent um, in Fagioli, in Moretti, in Ravello, who's out alone at Monza right now. They've got good youngish footballers that are going to come through in Bremer. I know you guys are itching to mention the Chelsea boy. In Bremer, <laughs> that's... Uh, the Chelsea? Ealing Junior. Ealing Junior. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Sule and Moretti are my guy anyway. So. Sule, oh, that's another one. Matias Sule, another one that's coming yeah. through. Um, he's actually being mentored directly by Di Maria, so yes, looking good for him. Yeah, Vlahovic. I remember front. watching him still Chelsea. Bro, ruined us. Bro, and like, yeah, like they're not top of the table, but they've they're still a good. They've lost two games this season. They conceded seven goals. They're fifth, one point or two points away from Atalanta. And yeah, Tony, all their it's... best players, all their best players have been injured. So, yeah, Tony, I think it's more like, especially with Allegri, and to answer your question of why is he not really getting the privilege um, compared to other sort of managers, etc., is more to do with kind of the brand of football that he plays. And now, maybe to you know you or to other people, like you know, you kind of don't mind that brand of football, but there's a lot of football right. fans who yeah. despise that kind of brand of football. Like, look at, for example. Conte is actually grinding out results for Tottenham, but look how many people despise that brand of football that he's playing with mm. with them. Look at even Simeone at, at, at Atletico Madrid. There's so many people that despise the way he plays football. And I'm not saying that what everyone thinks the consensus is right. I'm just saying that this is why I feel like a lot of negativity is put more on, let's say, someone like Allegri is because of the way that he plays football is, I'm going to put air quotes in is deemed as like you know non-football like haram football you know all that kind of you know quote yeah, that you yeah. hear people talk Dark about and, and what yeah. yeah like all these kind of um sort of phrases that that you hear but well, i think you know is well, branch under that umbrella i feel like especially with like, allegri because of these first thin winning all those league titles champions league finals those that sort of thing they expected after the two years they had with Pirlo and Sari, he's just going to come back, wave a magic wand, and they're going to be champions again and be the force that they were in the early 2010s. It's just, you know what it is? With Juve fans, 
you have to look at it the same way as United fans in the early 2010s. You have to look at it the same way as that they're spoiled. Yeah. So that's why I guess I think Agnelli even came out and said, I'm not sacking him. He's not going anywhere. And um, Allegri's even said, I'm not looking to, I'm not going anywhere. Because they know sometimes you just have to block out the noise and carry on what you're doing. Yeah, the the Champions League's not been great. They're not. They've nowhere. They've not been as bad. Nowhere near has been as bad as everyone's making out to be. Yeah, but and, I, and, and I'm on the I'm on the Agnelli, the Agnelli. I'm on the um, Allegri train. I think he's. I think he'll be fine. When Pogba comes back from injury, when Di Maria comes back from injury, when Paredes uh, comes back from that, this the hammy that he's got at the moment. I think. Well, I say air quotation hammy. I think he's just trying to hold out for the World Cup now. But when they get their midfield their first choice midfield and he finally figures out I think he needs to ditch the four three three and go to a four two three one to support Vlahovic more. But when he figures out Chiesa's back now as well, when he figures out a system that gets the best everyone working cohesively again, there'll be a force to be working with. And before you know it, this period people forgot, oh they lost to Maccabi Haifa, who cares? People have forgotten about it. So keep an eye out for Juventus as well. I I think in terms of squads in Spain, I think <sighs> Napoli, the last five years did. They kind of, I say, I can, I'll say the whole, the whole non to it. I think they do have the best squad. Juventus are very, very close behind, and then Inter are third in terms of squad on paper. So um, I think Juventus will, will break top four this year and they'll be fine. Um, and then lastly, just on Italy, whilst we're here as well, another team that I really want to mention that you guys should pay attention, close attention to, is Monza. Monza are up and coming. If they survive the drop this year, they've got. Uh, Berlusconi as, as as president now. He's the president that used to own Milan uh, when Milan went through their dominance era. They have money. <laughs> now, money's different in Italy because FFP actually exists over there where it doesn't exist over here. So um, they have to be quite responsible of how they spend it. But in regards to their squad now, they've got Stefano Sensi from Inter Milan. They've got Matteo Piscina from Atalanta. They've got Rovella there in a loan deal. And they still have cash. Uh, Pablo Mari's there. He will sign permanently from Arsenal. Hopefully, he re- he recovers well from his injury. Well, I would say injury, but it's inconvenience. Um, but they have cash to blow. So if they survive the league this year, um, with Berlusconi's links, the players that they could bring in um, will, will surprise you. They almost, almost, almost got Mauro Icardi uh, from PSG uh, last season before he, he ended up going Galatasaray, I think, for money reasons. But they were very, very close to bringing out Cardi from PSG. And this is a team that have only just got promoted. To give you more insight of the names they've had beforehand, Balotelli was there and Menez were there when they were in the second division. And, and Boateng. And Boateng as well, while they're in second division. So, um, three. If, if the project goes how they want it to go, three, four years' time, Monza will also be a force to be reckoned with. Maybe not challenging for league titles and such, but definitely a team to watch for that could potentially challenge for Conference League, Europe League spot in a couple of years. And uh, that's all with Seri. Uh, Yo, free up the gang, they're innocent. Soon home, that's imminent. I'm a niggas don't play no games like they pull their ligaments. I wanna rack for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. I wanna rack for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid.